Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we're welcoming Portland-based producer Young Bay onto the podcast, who is here to talk about his new album, Groove Continental Side A. Hey, so welcome along. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here today. And whereabouts are we speaking to you from today? Uh, Sunny Los Angeles. It's actually sunny today for once. Well, don't tell me that when I'm in England. You know we don't have sun here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, it's been so back and forth here. I'm like, our weather can't make its mind up. <laughs> I feel like this is very British of you. We love talking about the weather here. I feel like it's what we cling to. It's what we've got, Dallas. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's nice. It's all we hold on to. <laughs> it is, it is. We have to look forward to it all year. So um, what, I know you're about to head off on tour pretty soon, but what are we sort of finding you in the middle of today? What have you got on today? Today is just kind of, it's like this, and then I think I have rehearsals, and then I think I have a session late tonight, and then, yeah, it's pretty much just like sessions leading up until tour, Mm -hmm. just kind of like getting everything done and out of the way. Is that pretty sort of standard, what a day looks like for you at the moment, or is every day different? It's pretty much like that in just some variation, um, but it'll usually end up with like a session for most of the day. Um, and then like, especially this week, kind of leading up to like the album, it's a lot of these kind of things. And um, so, yeah, it's like kind of a nice rhythm now. I'm like used to it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And then how has it been? I know things have been a bit more back to normal for a while now, but when it was proper lockdown, were you just sort of at home just making music all the time? Is that what you were focused on during that period? Pretty much. And like, I like to work from home most of the time too. Like I'd rather sit on the couch and just like work on music that way. Um, just kind of at my own pace. So I, I loved it. I was mm. like, wow, we get three years of this. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so were you quite productive then during that time with your music? Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, it's like, sheesh, I've got multiple albums ready to go now. And yeah, so I'm just ready to kind of let it off into the world. Multiple albums, you say? Yeah. Okay, so you were I'm busy. i a few now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Non-stop um, here. Yeah, non-stop. Sounds like it. And so you're about to go on this tour pretty soon. So where will that take you? This one, uh, I believe we start on the East Coast. Um, I think we start in D.C. And then kind of around the Midwest. And then... I think we take a few days break in like Miami for like music week. And then, yeah, I think that's it. Like it's a pretty quick tour. So I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I'll bet. And when was the last time you performed live or were on a tour like this? Wow. I've done a bus tour. I did like two or three, I want to say right before lockdown hit. Um, But we've been touring like pretty consistently since I want to say it feels like April or May I've just kind of had like all these festivals and like all these different one-off ones. And then we had our own kind of like young Bay and friends kind of tour. So that was super fun. And yeah, it's, it's been busy. So thankfully we, it's kind of been back to normal in that sense for a bit. Mm, That's good to hear. It's not um, the same everywhere in the world. So it's always nice to hear where sort of these pockets of, productivity and tours are actually happening still and have been for a while so that's really good that you can right. get back in the swing of it so it's a bus tour you say yeah 
So you're all going to be packed on, just like we see in the in the movies. What do you have on your um, bus then, sort of keep you occupied, you and the team? Oh my gosh, I know. I'm kind of wondering. I, I was just saying that. I'm like, guys, do I bring my PlayStation? I'm yeah, like, that's what you always see that me- people have. Do you really have those on there? Oh, absolutely. Like I always bring my own too, and it's like we'll always have like a cool setup. Like there's a cool living room, kind of chill area on the buses. Um, but yeah, usually I'll just bring like video games, uh, that or I'll just kind of like work off my laptop and just kind of like do dot around and make music the entire time. Mm. Um, that's, yeah, that's kind of the, fun. it's, it's kind of the challenge of like bus tours too, is like finding things to do during the day <laughs> and like actually like that are productive as well. Cause it's like most of the time we'll just kind of wake up in the next city, which is like such a blessing um but also it's like okay that chunk of the day it was meant for like traveling to the airport and then back to the venue and back and forth is kind of gone so it's like all right how do we fill up our time Mm. um so yeah i'm like i'm curious to see plus it's gonna we're in a ton of cold cities and i'm like normally i just go grab like a bird scooter and go crazy around the city and now i'm like oh wait it's too cold to leave the bus (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i got one of those last time i was in america and they thought that my card had been stolen because it was such unusual activity like a random thing for me to you know buy and all my cards got blocked so but it was fun for the very brief time that was on it (laughs) (laughs) i know those things are like they're addicting i love those things (laughs) they are um okay so before we get into your new music a bit i'd love to learn a bit about you um and your musical influences and you know how you got into production all that side of things so i think let's start with um what music were you into when you were a kid or what were you um exposed to growing up maybe by family or parents or friends right yeah my parents um listen like a lot of yacht rock kind of growing up a lot of like steely dan kind of stuff doobie brothers um, so we always had that kind of playing in the house. So it was like, I was always kind of tipped off on that side of funk. Um, but besides that, it really was just kind of like whatever contemporary music. Um, like my parents weren't like deep divers into like music per se. Um, but they always like had this appreciation for all these different genres. And like, we always had all these different things playing. Um, but it was like, yeah, growing up, I didn't really like get into like, hip-hop sampling kind of like anything in that realm or like you know more production based uh not until like right before i started making music um but it was like especially with disco like that was just always something i kind of had around me growing up like inadvertently and i just always loved it um yeah i'm not even sure how like disco even wiggled into my life either but i'm glad it did (laughs) Life just finds a way or disco just finds I, a way in this scenario. <laughs> it's all working. It's working. It is. It is all working. Oh, that's cool. And so can you remember um, the first music you bought with your own money? Now, this usually results in a hilarious answer or a cool one. Uh, so it can go either oh way. Oh, my gosh. Damn, I'm trying to think. Well, I feel like it was either like Big Willie style by Will Smith. Nice right around the time or it was like one of those now that's what i call music type cds Mm -hmm. i used to love those oh my gosh front to back bangers constantly (laughs) yes i used to get them as presents when i was a kid for your birthday you'd get like the double (laughs) cd or cassette depending on how old you are but um yeah i used to love those as well i totally get that we got to get back into collecting them we have do they still make them 
You know what? They actually do. Oh, good. Which is, I watch, I watch them be on like, now that's what I call music, like 600 now. Oh my God, it can't be. It's got to be up there. I feel like I had now 35 or something like that. Or can that be right? Wait, <laughs> I don't know. Right? right? Yeah. They has- have so many. I'm like, it feels like they're putting them out weekly. Oh my gosh. Maybe they are. There's a lot of music that gets released now. It's different times, isn't it? Right? I can't even keep up with half of the music that comes out now. It's It, it moves so fast. It really does. It really, really does. What are you listening to at the moment from current artists then, if you're able to sort of keep up with <laughs> all the stuff that's coming out? Right? It's funny. I like kind of lean on like most of the radios and whatnot now. Um but I've been super into like the new earth gang album is amazing. Um, I just got back on like a really big Stevie wonder kick. So I've been just deep diving all of his albums. Uh, and then I swear by it. I'm like my, my favorite thing still this year is exotica. I love exotica. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that space age lounge kind of sixties stuff. So that that's been honestly like my go-to and, just like honestly a huge inspiration like for the album and uh just kind of like my current production and like how what i'm trying to go for sonically um so yeah that's been my go-to okay so very diverse um yeah. sort of inspirations there and then what about i know i'm like <laughs> oh sorry go on oh no you're good <laughs> i was just gonna say what about when did you you did sort of touch on this but when did you seriously start to get into the music production side of things how did you find out about that were you just I don't know, on YouTube or something, you know, people are all self-taught these days. Like, what was it that made you think, oh, I want to try and make some music? Yeah, it was, gosh, I forget how long it's been since I started. Um, Sheesh, I'm trying to think. Gosh, yeah, I I feel like it was like 2014, 2015 um, was when I started, but it it was like one of those things that just like a buddy of mine had showed me kind of like, Ableton or FL studio. And I was like, wow, this is cool. This is fun. And just kind of was like, dude on around it as a hobby. And then it almost like immediately, like as soon as I started releasing music, it kind of became like my full-time gig, like pretty quick off the bat. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was just like this hobby from the get go pretty early on. And then I was like, Oh wait, I can do this for a living. This is kind of cool. Mm, and it's amazing what people can do from, you know, bedrooms now being, you know, bedroom producers, right. the rise of all of that. It's just the limit. Well, there are, there hardly are any limits now. It's so different to how it used to be. Have you found that that's been massively helpful towards you then? Yeah. And I, I love kind of the process and just like surface level of like bedroom production too. Um, like I work out of a lot of these studios and like, they're all really cool and like they're nice and like expensive and whatnot. But I'm like, I, I hate going to like studios most of the time. They just don't feel like they have any personality for me. Um, so that's why I was saying, I'm like, I love working from home and just kind of like being off doing my own thing most of the time at my own pace. Um, so yeah, it's like lockdowns just been a blessing with that. Mm, especially if you've got a fully kitted out home studio, which I'm guessing you do. Yeah. Thankfully, so like I got cats, I got synths, I got music stuff. I'm set. Nice. And what's some of your go-to kit that you use? Whether that's I don't know plugins or favorite monitors, you know, um, interfaces, preamps, etc. Ooh, I got really into guitar pedals 
over lockdown. Um, So I've been loving a bunch of those. I've just been like buying them up like left and right. Um, And they're just so much fun. Like my, my go-to synth, I got really in love with like the Moog sub 37, um, like the little fatty. And I've been loving that thing for bass. I've used it on almost every track. It feels like now Um, it's like that. And then I scooped up like a Juno and a profit. Um, but yeah, it's like that. And then most of the time, kind of my process with this too, is like, um, I take a lot of kind of one shots of like live instruments, like a little like violin pluck or something. And I'll kind of like put that in a sampler and then I'll just kind of make my own like instruments out of those and just kind of, you know, I'm like, Oh wait, I can liven this up and make it sound like I'm using real strings. Uh, so I usually do like a lot of that and just kind of like utilize like a sampler as much as possible too, from just these little tiny noises. Um, especially with like my synths at home, I feel myself doing that a ton Mm. where I'm like, Oh wait, I could walk over seven inches and press that key, or I could make it in a sampler. Um, so it's been like, just kind of like this fun process to kind of figure out different ways that, you know, you can make these sounds sound different and just utilize them in different ways. And what about in terms of plugins? You must have a few favorites that you're using to get all this done. Yeah. And it's funny. I don't use like a lot of external plugins. Um, I use like a lot of the stock kind of just, I'm in Ableton. So I use like a lot of their stock stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and it's super powerful. I'm trying to think lately, my, my kind of go-to plugins. I love, um, Sheesh, I'm trying to think if you opened up my projects, what would you see on like everything? Uh, I'd say for my go-to go-to is I use this kind of tape emulation machine from Yuhi. It's called Satin. Um, and I like throw that on my drum bus on everything. Um, I've been really into this one from Output called, sheesh, what was it called? Thermal. Um and it's just got like all these kind of crazy effects and it's like very simple. Um, yeah, it's between that and just like a lot of kind of like the universal audio stuff is what I use. Uh, so yeah, not like a crazy amount. I, it's like, it's funny. Most of the plugins I'll have on my computer, I swear 90% of them I just buy and forget about. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you've <laughs> got quite a few on there now. <laughs> it's, it's it really, I sit there and I'm like, when? I'm like, when did I get this? I'm like, what? Why did I get this? What was it for? Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, anyways, the list goes on. Like, but if we ever need it, it's there. Yeah, good to know. You've got a few sort of in reserve, even if you don't know what they're for or why you got them. But they're there. They're there. You know, that's all good. And I need to know all about. I don't know much about future funk as a genre. I'm just going to hold my hands up there. So, how did you get into this as a genre? How did you find out about this or become exposed to this and get into it? It yeah, it was like right around the time I started production. And it was like when I was kind of heavy and like I was figuring out sampling and then sheesh, I think I found out about it via like Bandcamp. Um, there was a like collective called Keats Collective and they were like kind of doing all these like tapes. And like, I remember there was a guy, there was like one guy named St. Pepsi was really big in the scene. He did like his kind of bigger tape on there too. And I was like, well, what is this kind of stuff? I'm like, these guys all love funk too. And like samples. And 
Um, so that was kind of like my early introduction. I was like, Oh wait, I can do this too. And, you know, became friends with all these guys and, um, but yeah, they were kind of like the ones that tipped me off early. And I was like, I just was so fascinated by it. Mm, okay. And then obviously it's gone to inspire you massively. And I've seen, so you released your debut album Bay in 2014, which to me feels like the other day, but of course that gap is getting bigger <laughs> and bigger. Um, but when you look back now, how, how do you think your music and your production choices have evolved, um, during that time? I think quite a bit. I mean, it's like most of the time I'll go back to like a mix or something for like an old track. And I'm just like, what in God's name was I putting on the master? I'm like, why does this sound awful? (laughs) And so it's like, it's kind of been fun to like lean back and be like, okay, okay. We're actually making progress. This is nice. Um, But it's, yeah, like I, I still love kind of taking like, I guess like just, parts of like what went into kind of like this old style of like future funk. And I've just been kind of trying to adapt it kind of into my own style that's evolved and um, kind of taking like all these new genres that I'm like very interested in, but also being like, Oh, how can I make this sound like young Bay, but not, you know, like it's young Bay on repeat copy and paste. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so that's kind of been the challenge. Um, It's also like one of those things too, where it's like, okay, how can I take this sound and also like eliminate the, you know, necessity for samples, you know, almost altogether. Um, So that's been kind of the, the goal for this album too. And like, I I feel like I've kind of hit that too, where there's really only a couple, I want to say like one or two tracks that actually have like samples on them now. Um, And just the rest have been, you know, made from scratch or replayed. Um, so that was like another major thing was like, okay, that that's kind of like my idea of like the next step up from future funk is just like, all right, let's get rid of the samples altogether and let's just make our own. It's a lot easier. Mm. And when you go about making your own, where do you start um, from that like in terms of finding some inspiration? Like where do you, where do you go for that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a backwards process for me. Um, Cause like, usually like some days we'll do like a replay of a sample or something. And it's like, that way I can kind of interpolate it and, you know, change it around to my own liking. Um, And it's pretty easy to like remake a track. So I'll just use like something like contact or um, like, I have a bunch of just like pre-made sampler kind of presets of my own that I've made. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's like, basically I'll take that and then, I'll kind of write out the ideas. I'll kind of like form them on MIDI or, you know, what have you kind of like lay it out. Um, And then I work a lot with like a bunch of sample replay guys. So I'll kind of pass it their way um, because I'm like, Oh wow, these guys have access to all these live instruments, um, all these like studio musicians, and they can source this kind of stuff on a whim. So I just kind of bounce it to them. Um, Like I work really good with, um, I have a buddy named Nick Seely. He does a lot of work with me. Um, and originally he was just doing like replays and stuff for me. Uh, but then we found out we're like, oh, wait, dude, we can just craft up all the ideas. So basically I'll kind of bounce it to him once I kind of have something laid out. And it's funny, it's happened like multiple times where I'll just like be doing whatever and lay something down. And I'm like, oh, dude, I got this one. I got this one. I'll bounce it mm-hmm. to him. Um, 
And I'm like, yo, dude, I need strings. I need horns. And he's like, all right, I'll have it by this afternoon. Done. And it's funny too, because like he'll kind of lend his own ear on it too and kind of help me, you know, interpolate it or kind of change up the progression or made it better or just add like his own sauce. So it's like this fun collaborative process. Um, and it's like, it, it just makes it more fun too. Cause in the end I'm like, Oh wait, we have all these stems. Um, and I get the real thing, you know, at that point. So it's, it's pretty fun. It, it feels kind of like working old school in a sense, mm-hmm. just like writing out, you know, the music for it and being like, here you go, musicians do your job. Yeah. And I'm, I've seen as well. So your new, so it's your seventh studio album. That's a lot. So Groove Continental Side A, uh, it's your most musically diverse body of work to date. So I'm curious then, what can your fans expect to hear in terms of sounds, you know, themes and influences? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a tricky one. Um, Cause like I said, it was like, I still want to keep rooted in like this future funk scene. Um, so there's a lot of kind of influence from there. There's a, like, there's a few future funk tracks. Um, cause I'm just very interested in like late night kind of seventies disco meets. I got very into like sixties Motown and like I said, like Exotica. So it's kind of like the idea that all three of these met and kind of had like this baby that's Groove Continental side A and yeah, it's it's just it's it's kind of hard to explain because like the exotica kind of influence comes in, so it's like I love having all these like counter melodies and harmonies and whatnot going on during the track, um, and it's like fun too because disco is like, and I love making like busy busy tracks, so it's been kind of fun to like sprinkle over that kind of style into that. Um, so I think I think people will really like it too, and it's like I said, it's a lot of Motowny stuff. Um, yeah, it's like I said, Motown meets disco. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the best I can give it. Yeah, well, it sounds good. It sounds interesting. So, do you think your fans will be surprised with the direction that this album takes? I think so, and um, it makes me super excited too because it's like you know um, I've been sitting on it for so long, and we've kind of had like this you know, trail of like singles leading up to it. Um, but I feel like once it drops to, they'll kind of see this like giant, you know, the full body of work and kind of understand where my head's at. Um, and just kind of understand like where I've been trying to get it cohesively. Um, but I, I really think they're going to like it. And it's not like, you know, I don't think it's like jarring or just, you know, this 180 from my actual sound. So it makes me super excited. Okay. And um, do you have a particular track on it that's maybe a favorite or just one that you're particularly excited for fans to hear for whatever reason? Ooh. Bit of an unfair question, but I thought I'd just ask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, only listen to this one, the album. No good. Just this one track. <laughs> yeah, just this one. <laughs> I'd say there's one on there called 60s Spy Shit. Um, I'd say, yeah, that that's one of my personal favorites too. And that's kind of like, I'd say one of the trickiest ones on the album too. And just sonically, that one is kind of like, for me at least, I, I hear that track and I'm like, I'm like chef's kiss, you know? So that, that one gets me super excited and it's, you know, a little different than like what I've done before. But like I said, it's still kind of rooted in that same sound. 
Okay, interesting. Uh, and are you going to play all of your new stuff when you start the new tour? I'm guessing yes. Yes, okay. which I'm super excited for. <laughs> well, you've got seven albums worth of material to play now. You should feel quite a long set, I'm guessing. <laughs> I yeah, I know. Now I'm like, all right, guys. I'm like, do we have too much? And we're like, no, more. <laughs> more. Release another album immediately. You've got a few you're sitting on. You've said now anyway. You've given it away. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm just set for the next couple of years now. Yeah, well, it sounds it. I was going to ask, are you planning on releasing anything anytime soon or are you just concentrating on this new album? Obviously, it's not quite out yet and the tour for now. Yeah, so this one and then I'm not really sure the timeline, but there's definitely more dropping this year um, and they won't have to wait like three years for another album. I promise them that much. (laughs) Are you blaming (laughs) lockdown for that? Because that's fine, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> right let me just pin it on that i swear i blame myself because it's it's one of those things too with this album like it was it was i i don't know it was like one of the most tedious but like amazing processes too it's like when i go back and look at my computer now too i'm like okay i see why this took three years like there's like 40 versions of almost every track and like what and now it ultimately came out to what it's what it sounds like but it's like oh my gosh had to go through so many hurdles and just my own like craziness and just ocd and changing things around Mm. so how do you know when a track's finished how do you or how do you decide if it's got you know to that ocd level of 40 versions how do you go this is it it's done (laughs) chef's kiss walking away that's right and that's the trickiest part because there's that yeah it's it's almost like you just kind of know um because there's been a few even like we got pretty close to like submission for like mastering and just submitting it to the label and it was like kind of crunch time and it's like we there were like definitely a few tracks we had to change last minute um like i know we had one or two where we even like swapped out an entire top line and it's tricky because like especially with like that kind of thing where i'll be so married to the way something sounds just because I've been in, you know, demoitis for God knows how long. Um, which is also like one of the trickiest things too, because everybody else is like, well, this new one sounds great. And I'm like, I don't know that dude that did the half-assed one two years ago. I've only heard that. So that's mm. the only one for me. And so it's, it's been fun too. And it kind of gets me out of my comfort zone and let me kind of work with these new people and just try out all these, you know, new processes and new things. Okay. Are you quite self-critical then when it comes to working on your own stuff then? Oh, super, super critical. <laughs> I'm like, that's why this album took so long. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think they're almost like you're too critical now. Um, but again, it's, it's like the labor of love, you know, it's, mm. it's like everything's in this project and, um, you know, like it took three years, but I'm like, it was pretty fun three years for me, regardless if there's 40 versions of every track. I'm like, I still had fun with it. Mm. Well, at least now you've know that it's the perfect version that you want to release. So worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It feels perfect to me. Good. So I'm like, you know, it's, and my mom loves it, so that's all that matters. That is all that matters, actually. You've got to get the mom votes in there. <laughs> right. I'm like, by the way, she gave it a 10. Everybody else should know. Tell Rolling Stone and all the rest. <laughs> all the I'm reviewers. like, Rolling Stone, fire, 
fire your team of writers. They're done. My mom's just going to be like, it's great. 10 out of 10. 10 That's the out review. of 10. And there'll be no, <laughs> no one contesting that. Absolutely. Well, um, Dallas, I think that is a wonderful note to end on. So I just want to wish you the best of luck on your tour, on the tour bus, of course, as well. And with the new album that's coming out, it's coming out so soon. So, um, you know, well done. You've persevered three years in the making. Um, looking forward to hearing it. So thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. You're welcome anytime. Um, Yeah, I will keep a lookout then on your social media and see what you're up to and uh, look out for this uh, album when it drops soon. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. You're so welcome. All right, thank you very much and have a wonderful day. You too. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.